So give us this day our daily bread. This is Matthew 6.11. You can put that, put that up on the screen there. One of the shorter passages in Scripture, but super powerful. Super powerful. A lot there. I'm not going to... It's not going to be Scripture heavy. I don't have uh, 20 Scriptures. But I believe it's going to be truth heavy. I believe it's going to be word of truth heavy tonight for us. So it says, give us today our daily bread. And this, this is something that he said is important for us to consider when we pray. It's included in our daily prayer. And if you're like me, I have a tendency to build my prayer life around sometimes what isn't, like what am I lacking, what isn't working. I think we're all naturally prone to do that. We want to look to him for, for things to like finances, health, contentment, practical needs of our family, our children. But I love that something so simple about this phrase says we can trust God for exactly what we need every day. Today, Lord, you're going to take care of what I need today. And we're going to find out, as I share tonight, that he isn't so much talking here about food, the kind of bread that, you know, you slice, or Panera, they give you those bread bowls, or you make a sandwich out of, but something more important than that, that we need daily, when he says, give us today our daily bread. Ask my wife, I can be a very food-driven person. When we plan our vacations, I find places to eat, I figure out what time we're going to be there, what we're going to have, and then I plan our activities between that. <laughs> Mealtime is, is the anchor. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> Pastor Ralph. <laughs> yes, great minds think alike. Amen. And so we can, we can get really programmed that way towards the physical. We get hangry. This is a new thing if we haven't eaten. You know, our, our blood sugar drops and all of a sudden we're in a bad mood. And we can get really um, accustomed to meeting our needs, to filling those physical needs like with, with food and such. But we're not so good at going without those things. And so this is our challenge. And Jesus wants us to learn how to pray for the things that give us real life. Amen? His kind of life, the abundant kind of life, to the full and overflowing. And this is a spiritual reality. It's not a physical or natural reality. This kind of bread is so much more than at first blush. In our prayers, we can be provision-minded. Listen, we can become so need-oriented, but God wants us to be, listen, source-minded, not provision-minded. He wants us to be provider-minded. If you know the provider, what's going to happen? He's going to provide for you, right? I want to tell you that I'm a, a musician going way back when I was young, and I've Trombone was my primary instrument. I also play piano, voice. But I have never personally purchased an instrument. 
And it's a call of God on my life. I've never had to pay out of pocket. When I first started playing in fifth grade, uh, my older siblings had already played my brother the trumpet and my sister the flute. And I was like, hey, I want to play an instrument. My dad's like, well, I'm not buying another instrument, so guess what? I've got a trombone in the closet with your name on it. And it was his old rusty horn from when he was in high school. And the slide didn't work that great. And, but that's what I started on, and God provided that instrument for me. And you know what I did? I just was faithful with what he provided. And I want you to know that every other horn after that was given to me. I've, get, I've been given two professional, uh, very high-quality trombones and a grand piano that sits in our living room to this day. So uh, that's just a testimony of how, what a good provider our God can be. When I was a teenager, I had a dream I would minister before large crowds. And it's come to pass many times over. I've played for national TV audiences, stadium, stadiums full of people, and I've been uh, played in concerts in other countries. In fact, I'm going to Sweden uh, in October. Appreciate your prayers for that trip to play trombone over there. And so God's vision for my life did come to pass, and later in the message I'm going to maybe tie that in. But that big picture dream came about when I was just obedient to what he gave me first. And I trusted him daily with that. And I want you to understand something. The key for you, for his vision to come to pass for your life is obedience. Understand that? Don't build your dream and then invite him to come along. That's backwards. Find his dream for you and walk it out in obedience. You see, everything we need to get his dream for our lives and to walk it out in power and authority comes from this tiny part of prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Because it's not about eating literal bread. It's about the revelation of who God is daily to fulfill his dream through me and you. And it's, this is a part of the prayer that comes after your kingdom come, your will be done. It's after we've submitted ourselves and surrendered ourselves and said, I give up, Lord. I'm completely yours. Give us this day. Give us your plan, God. Give us your dream. Through your word, show us your way. So Jesus, in this tiny little phrase, he knows that we're, need, we're too need-focused. He knows uh, this about his disciples as well. So I want to remind us that we're talking about the Lord's Prayer. It is our prayer. It's Jesus teaching us, and we are his body in the earth today. Okay? So this is a we prayer. He isn't so much concerned that we, the church, collectively ask him every day to keep us fed with bread. Get this. Rather, he wants us as a church to be him. He wants us to be the bread of life to a dying world. Do you realize that? You're now the bread of life because his word is alive in you. This is powerful if you'll wake up to this and understand this. So if we're going to be the bread, we need to feed on the right kind of bread. Let's look at John 6, 
verse 30 through 35. I'm trying to find the butter zone of my contacts. I have these new contacts. They're, they're um, bifocals, but they work like a bullseye. Like there's a little part in the middle that's far, and then there's a circle that's near, and then, uh, but they do good on the far, but the near, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to, how to see with them. So sorry about that. So, so they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. But it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared. I love how he sets them up for it. I'm going to ask you for it. And here's the answer. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Have you heard this phrase, you are what you eat? It's true. So you'll be the living word when you look to the living word every day, to reveal himself to you every day. But pastor, I read a great scripture yesterday. That's yesterday. Today, you need Jesus, the living word, to be who he needs you to be today. So think about this. Prayer time is meal time. How many you sit down to dinner and give thanks for your food? This is the other way around. You sit down to prayer and you realize that it's time to have a meal. It's also time to dig into the word of God. You know, the word of God and prayer go hand in hand. You have to do them both, and I encourage you to do them both simultaneously, every day. I think it's super important to get this. This is, give us this day our daily bread. This is connected to the written word of God, the scriptures, the study of scripture. A Holy Spirit discerned, rightly divided word of truth, okay? This isn't never looking at the scripture and just saying, God, give me a special revelation. Bad things happen when people do that. Error, all kinds of craziness. Because if it's not in his written word and you think he said it to you, you're wrong. That's why we have his written word. It is where we get our doctrine. Amen? Don't look at me like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make a meal out of the living word. Get into scripture. This means deep study and meditation on the word of God. He already gave you the word of God. He gave you Jesus. But you have to mine for gold every day. Every day. Don't get tired of it. Go back to the word of God and dig for gold every day. I'm going to meditate on your word. I'm asking you, Lord, to reveal today your daily bread for me. What is it today, Lord? that you need to reveal to me, that's gonna come alive. And I think when we truly have a daily revelation of him through his word, some things are gonna happen. I think it means that we'll resist the temptation to use our authority for our own fulfillment. You know you've been given great authority in the word of God? 
you are now a powerful agent of change. The things that you say can come to pass. You have tremendous influence. You have the spirit of God in you. Uh, if you've been around this church for a long time, you have a, a head full of powerful teaching and truth. But we need to be careful how we use that. Matthew 4 verses 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Here we are talking about bread again. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Your life is fueled by the word of God. But think about this. The enemy there knew the word of God too. And he said, Jesus, why don't you use that to fulfill your selfish flesh right now? Because aren't you hungry? And how many of you know the enemy comes to us in the same way, only in different applications of our life? Why don't you use what you know to try to gain a, a foothold, to get an advantage, to fulfill yourself? And that's not what it's for. So I think we need to learn from this uh, particular word that the word of God given to us is the word of God that's given through us. The word of God that's given to us should always be considered a word of God that's supposed to move through us. The powerful living and active word of God should be multiplying and impacting those around us. And as we are obedient to let his word flow through us, the things that God has for us, those things will come to pass. Those needs will be met as we move out of that place of ministry. Is this making sense to anybody? Goodness and mercy will do what? Follow you all the days of your life. You don't have to chase goodness and mercy. You don't have to pursue the blessings. The blessings will overtake you and follow you when you pursue the provider, when you're deep in the word. I think when we truly have a daily revelation of him through his word, I think it means we become aware of our responsibility not to let the poison of religion attach itself to us and spread to others. It's easy to get a head full of spiritual knowledge. It's easy to get overinflated and begin to have a position and an air of superiority that doesn't really minister grace to the hearers, that doesn't truly bring healing. It just shows others how spiritual we can be, and we don't want that. Come on. You and I have all walked in those shoes a little bit. We just get a little bit on our spiritual high ground, and hopefully the, the Holy Spirit convicts us and says, oh, just stop it. Stop taking yourself that seriously. I want to move through you. It's not about you. It's not about what you know. Stop acting super spiritual. Matthew 16, verses 5 through 12. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. They're obsessed with bread, aren't they? Be careful, Jesus said to them, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, it's because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith, 
why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? And then just think about it. You understand, you, you know these stories, these miracles. Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees, Sadducees. I want to point some things out that can apply to us. The Pharisees and Sadducees, they knew the word, but the word didn't know them. They knew the word, but they didn't know the living word. You know, Jesus is in the Old Covenant. It's the first testament of Jesus. We have the, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And if their hearts were illuminated to the truth, they would have seen him there, but they didn't see him there. Their, their eyes were darkened to that. They didn't know him, and they didn't let him know them. They didn't let him speak to them and correct them and direct them. I hope that's none of us today. They didn't recognize the word when he stood right in front of their very faces and talked to them. I think it has to do with the fact that there was no true revelation of love in them. They understood law only, but not love. No revelation of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Redeemer. In their, in their word, there was only a cultural hierarchy, a religious rulership, and a bunch of regulations that needed to be maintained to achieve an appearance of spirituality. The church has a problem with this today. I'm not saying this church. I'm saying church as a whole. We need to steer far from that and get back to know the loving, living word and live according to him. I think because of the simple daily dependence on the Lord, this, this give us this day our daily bread, we should never, ever again wonder if we have enough. You never need to wonder, is there going to be enough? Is there, is there enough for me, Lord? When we bless something, when we're thankful to God for it, for his word, then what little we speak out of our words, and our words should be few, the fewer the better. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> then even what little we say will multiply and feed the hungry masses. Isn't that amazing? You don't need more. You just need the real deal. You just need that one word from the Lord and thank him for it and watch what he does through that. What might that look like for us? I want to compare it to uh, when we get a prophetic revelation of God's word daily in us what does that look like when it's dispersed around us? I think about Joseph. Pastor Ralph talked about Joseph a couple, a month or so ago, right? And I love the story of Joseph. There's so much in there for, for, for our lives to, to model our lives after his life. And so Joseph saw by prophetic revelation, he was a dreamer. But do you know every time you look into God's word, you can see 
in the realm of the spirit, you can see what he has for you and for this world. So in the same way, he's revealing to you your destiny. Did you know that? He's revealing to you the destiny of the authority that you have as kings and priests. Joseph saw figuratively his brothers bowing to him and the stars and the moon bowing to him. But literally what came to pass was the people groups of all the world would eventually come and be under his rule and reign. That's a powerful thing. And it's just like that today. When we look into the mirror of God's word and and James calls it the mirror, we see the authority we've been given to rule and reign. So a couple of things are gonna happen, thinking about Joseph. When you get a daily revelation from the word of God, people are gonna hate you for it. Expect it. People are going to betray you, just like Joseph, his own brothers, threw him down a well, left him for dead. But that's not the end of your journey. That's not the end of your story. You have to take that revelation, that daily bread of what God has spoken to you and just continue to carry it and continue to allow it to be dispensed through you. Because of that vision, we'll be hated and betrayed, but also because of that vision, there's an upside. You and I will have the interpretation to the nightmares and the dreams of the people in the world around us. When you start carrying that kind of revelation of God's word, something amazing happens. People's lives are a mess. There's a puzzle they don't understand. They start talking to you and things make sense up because of what you say, because of the revelation of God's word that you have. I think because of that, that vision, that prophetic revelation from the word for today, whatever situation we find ourselves in, just like Joseph, will have marked unmistakable favor. Look for it. Unmistakable favor. The favor of God should be on our lives because of the daily, give us this day, our daily bread. And what is that word today that you want to illuminate? Hey, if you get a word from God in the morning, you can survive anything that day has to throw at you. Do you understand that? You don't have to be down or discouraged or depressed or confused. Your emotions no longer will rule you. You don't have to go up and down. Is this going to happen? Oh, this is bad. How was your day? My day is great. I got a revelation from the word of God. It does not matter what's happening to me. So I want to encourage you and invite you and ask you as part of your prayer time to ask him every day for a revelation of his word. Then go to his word and read and meditate, study, look, and listen. It's a skill you have to develop. At first, it feels strange. But eventually, as you grow in this discipline, in this practice, you'll start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Now, you don't always know when, you're, when this word is flowing through you, and that's fine. You don't have to go around and say, thus saith the Lord. As you speak, as you live, people's lives are going to start being changed. And you'll find out later, I've often found out later, you know, something you said that, that one day just changed my whole perspective. Or I saw you do this, or I saw you say this to someone else. Uh, people are real quiet. 
So don't, dis don't get discouraged. Know that if you have that truth in you, if you have that daily word in you, that things are going to start happening and you just have to trust the Lord that they're taking place. The Spirit will give you the words right when they need to be spoken. I struggle with this, but I trust the Lord because I want every word I say to be right. That's why I write out all my notes and pretty much read them exactly the way that they should be read. But sometimes you just have to step out in faith and know that when I get to a situation, I may not know what to say, but all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just births this word and it's because you've been absorbing it and you got that word for the day and you're like, I'm hanging on to this. He'll make sure it goes where it needs to go. The word of God, the daily bread of life, the great I am in you will start untangling the troubles of people around you. It'll start lifting their burdens. And, and this is good, don't think this is bad, the, whole, the spirit of conviction will fall on some people. When people are mad and upset with you sometimes, don't take it personal. The Holy Spirit is working on their heart and, and the only way they know how to react is, this is uncomfortable, you know, so I'm going to lash out at you. Well, you're just the messenger. Calm down, it's, it's going to be okay. Uh, it's a good sign, Right? Things are going to get better for them. Sometimes on the healing journey, the symptom gets worse before the final healing. So understand that. So here's the challenge. I'm going to finish with this. We can either stay in fellowship or Jim and Cynthia can flow in worship and see what more words of knowledge that she has, whatever God wants to do. I'm fine with that. I want to challenge you daily to pray this simple prayer. This, give me today my daily bread. And then go to the word of God and listen. Find a passage or a verse or a truth and let him make it alive to you again like it's the very first time. Read it in as many translations as you can find. Start speaking it out. Start confessing it. Declare it. And just like Jesus did when he said, what do you got? you got a couple fish and bread, just bless it and say, thank you, Lord, for it. And then watch how it just keeps going and going and going and going and multiplying. It's a revelation to you. It's going to be a revelation through you to others. Start declaring and confessing that that word is a multiplying through you, through your life, spreading to your family, to your neighbors, to your friends, and your community. So I just plugged in a little example here. What if you and I got a revelation that as a disciple of Jesus, you hear his voice and the voice of a stranger you won't follow? Let's just say that's, that is your daily revelation. I hear your voice, Lord, and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. I hear your voice, Lord, and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. You start meditating on that. You start mutter, muttering that out, declaring that out, walking around and saying that. What's going to happen? You're going to start hearing some crazy people that didn't sound crazy before. You're starting, that is strange. 
I'm not going there. I'm not following them. That is bizarre. You start hearing other voices that resonate. They feel good. It's a green light. It's a velvety smooth, bears witness with your spirit. You're starting to discern the difference between whether the Lord is in something or whether he's not. Is this making sense to you? What if you get a hold of that revelation? How much more powerful will that make you as a believer, as a discerning believer? What if you started saying out of your mouth every day, I hear your voice, Lord Jesus. I won't follow the voice of a stranger. Then all of a sudden you get a revelation of what it means to be led in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Wow, I know the bad voices from the good voices and now I know what path I'm to walk on. The right path. The path of right. His way of doing right. His way of being right. And it's for the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He leads you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Are you confused? Do you not know which way to go? Has the pandemic just left you flat and, and deflated? Start saying, I'm led in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'm led by the Spirit of God. I know where to go. I know what to do. Listen, people pretend they know all the time. Just look at social media. Everyone is telling you they know what to do. Their quotes are the best quotes. Their method is the best method. Their philosophy, their meme puts you in your place, doesn't it? It tells you exactly how you have to think. Stop looking at that stuff. Suddenly you're hearing, uh, you're, you're discerning, you're understanding. It comes into like a three-dimensional awareness. Literally, you start seeing the vast difference between the strangers and the true voice of the Lord. You start walking securely, full of peace, not led by emotions. I'm convinced our prayer requests, our altars wouldn't be as filled with, Pastor, pray for me for this and for that and this, if there was a greater revelation of the daily word of God to apply to our own lives. I'm not saying we don't need to pray for one another, but a lot of things we receive over and over again, we're like, hey, we're gonna declare the word over you and we're gonna agree with you on this truth, but you've gotta live this out of your own life. You've gotta confess this out of your own heart. You've gotta believe this and walk this out because nothing special is happening because I prayed for you. It's only when it becomes alive to you, a daily revelation of the word of God in your heart and on your mouth as you walk it out in faith. Amen. That'll save you some counseling sessions. That'll save you some therapy bills right there. <clears throat> then what happens? God's blessings will start being attracted to you like a magnet, like a super magnet. It turns it on full force. People are going to want to know more. They're going to start coming around to hear what you have to say and to see what's going on in your life. And that single truth, that single word that just started as a seed, that one daily bite of the bread of life has been supernaturally, exponentially multiplied in it. And it begins to feed those around you. Do you know this whole church and every heart and every life that's ever been touched is because of a daily revelation Amen. that Pastor Walt got? 
and Pastor Maureen. And that's how it starts. And they didn't stop with one. They kept getting them and kept sharing them. And they taught other people how to get a daily word and speak the daily word and share the daily word. And so it multiplies and it goes around the world. And the kingdom of heaven becomes populated with people who have a revelation of the daily bread of God. And then eternity gets populated with all the people that belong to the Lord because we decided that every day we would hear the voice of the Lord and listen and ask him, Lord, give me today my daily bread. Give me the revelation of the word that you need to move through me today. I don't know about you, but that's what I want to happen in my life. I've seen it happen in my life. I don't want someone else's revelation. I'm fine if you're excited about your latest revelation, but I don't want yours. I want God's for me. I want Jesus' word for me that day. I don't want a cool sermon with catchphrases and, and rhymes and a hipster analogy that you know compares whatever to contemporary culture. If it's not a word that God is speaking to my spirit from his word, I don't want it. I don't care if it, if it rhymes, if it's, a, if it's a cool quote. Honestly, I'm not interested in what the founding fathers said either. I respect them. I, I, I thank God that we're here because of them. But I want to know what King Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, has to say to me. Amen. So that's it. That's all I have. I pray that was a blessing to you. I will pray to kind of seal that word tonight in our hearts and then you can just stick around and uh, maybe if you, if, you, if you want to come and spend some time in prayer, you're welcome to do that. Jim and Cynthia are coming back up. So Lord, I just thank you. We need to hear this more. We need to hear from you more. Help us. Help us to get beyond just... Uh, our routine and get back into the word and get a daily prophetic revelation for our future, for our families, for our lives that we can stand on and declare on and live and walk it out. That we can live above the norm. We can live in your reality, your supernatural reality that you have for us. Thank you for that, God. Just encourage us this week. And, and I hope to hear of testimonies of people saying, Pastor James, the Lord just illuminated this to me the other day. And this is fantastic. It's, it's something that is changing and revolutionizing my life. And I'm seeing it bear fruit in my life. So I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.